Oh, my sainted trousers. It's the Doctor Who podcast. Whitaker's nearing the end of her run. Was it bad or good or sort of fun? Hey, let's just focus on this one. It's a legend of the Sea Devils. An episode of the DWP, the US Response 341B, with Michelle and Brent and Drew. That's me. It's time to start the show. Do, 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 do. Oh, that's stuck in my head now. Hey, everybody. I'm Brent, and joining me today in the American RV is the rest of the American contingent. Michelle and Drew. Hey, guys. Hello. Hello. Hello, fellow land parasites. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get started, uh, Drew, a yes. uh, little bit of math here. Uh, I, I hear in your lovely sea shanty that we are recording episode 341B. You do realize this is 341A. Uh, you do realize that it's harder to rhyme things with A than it is... <laughs> B. <laughs> what I assume then, Drew, is that you have just started our very own Doctor Who podcast dating controversy. Uh, is this 341A or is it 341B? I'm just going to say this. There is a universe where I am correct. <laughs> <laughs> and someday, listeners, we will visit that universe, but probably not today. You have no status here. Yeah, well, status is overrated. Anyway, we weren't following you. We were searching for a lost ship. Belong to a fellow named Ji Hun. Ever heard of him? What do you know of Ji Hun? We know you and he were in league. We know you're the cause of his ship sinking. So what have you done with the treasure? I was keeping all that in reserve. Sorry. Before we get started, how about a review of only three words for this episode each? Mine would be average, madam, and green. True. Hot dumpster fire. <laughs> Mine would be poor, disappointing, inconsequential. Huh? Okay. Well, what did we think of this one? I mean, hot dumpster fire. Tell us more about that. That 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 needs an explanation. Well, I see. Here's the thing. I I almost pride myself on on being the positive one in the group and. Uh, but this is possibly the worst episode uh, for me of Whitaker's entire run. And and I say that if we include Flux as a single six-episode storyline as opposed okay. to individual versions. Um, yeah, I didn't like it. I'm going to – I'll have good things to say about it uh, because, you know, there are some good things. But on the whole, I, this was a waste of time for me. Uh, I – I really, I hate to be down on an episode of Doctor Who, but, like, I think, Michelle, you you, you kind of hit the nail on the head. This was inconsequential. This felt, I don't know, it's 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 kind of hard to put into words. I've You know, it was only, like, an hour or so ago that I saw it. I've tr- I didn't rewatch it. I tried not to think about it. I wrote my initial notes, um, and I feel like it's just going to be a rant 
Um, because every time I think about it, I get angrier. So maybe, maybe it sounds like maybe Brent liked it more than we did. So maybe Brent, mm-hmm. you should start and maybe set the tone a little bit better because. <laughs> Save us, Brent. Save us. Okay. Well, I thought it was, well, first of all, let me say that I believe this is the one that, um, wasn't originally scheduled. And that Chib Neville went in and wrote this just as as a filler between uh, the last one, since they were going to move that to the centennial. So maybe it was something that was put together really. I, I know it was supposed to be part of uh, Flux originally, I think. Uh, and they repurposed it and made it its own special, added the Sea Devils, that sort of thing. But I thought it was fun. Um, when it was all said and done, I just thought, well, that was okay. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't terribly exciting either. Um, here are the, some of the problems I had with it. The music was so loud, I couldn't understand a lot of the dialogue, uh, which happens from time to time. So I'll watch it again tomorrow. Um, another thing my son pointed out, he watched it with me. Uh, how was Dan able to talk to Madame Ching after the TARDIS left? Hmm. I think that that telepathic ability stays with them because I feel like we've had that happen before. Okay. Um, yeah. That, that was not one of the things that bothered me. <laughs> the third thing was that um, we both felt it was really rushed. Like the entire story, except for the last 10 minutes, went by like at a breakneck pace. It was very, very fast-paced. Um, some of the positives, uh, the, shot of the, the shot of the TARDIS taking off, and you can see the multiple vortexes before it took off. That was really cool. Uh, the actual sea devils were incredible. Mm-hmm. I, I love the way they talked this time and the sword play and all that was really cool. Um, especially the Pertwee era scream when uh, uh, Ji Hoon killed one at the end. Um, and the other water scene where they opened the doors, that was cool too. But I did see one person on Twitter complaining that he spent the whole episode wondering who this guy called Gene Hunt was. <laughs> and having flashbacks to life on Mars. But uh, overall, I mean, I know we don't rate things on here, but I'd probably give it maybe a six out of ten, I guess. So it was average. Well, you mentioned that it felt rushed to you. I was somewhat surprised that it was only, what, 46, 47 minutes long when it is a special and it's the only thing we're getting for months and months. I, I really anticipated at least a runtime of an hour, if not slightly more. And maybe that was part of the problem that. I really, for me, the dialogue was awful. I mean, dialogue introduced plot things, and then two two lines later, you're doing a different plot thing, and it just seemed to me very stilted. There was there was no depth to it. It seemed to me there was no depth to the characters, not even really the the, the TARDIS crew. It was just kind of cardboard, and almost felt like a B movie or something to me. Not like Doctor Who, as I am used to it um even in even in the Whitaker era um I and I it's funny Drew I was kind of having that same sort of mental conversation with myself since watching this a few hours ago uh, we're all reviewing this by the way on Easter as well so this may not be as considered a reflection as you might normally get from us so this is pretty quick for us too but I thought Am I too tired? Am I anxious about something else? Is there some reason that I keep trying to excuse what I think is a astoundingly poor story? Um, thinking maybe it's me. You know, it's got to it's got to be me. Um, but I do think 
I was not impressed with the set of the ship, which to me looked like a, sound, a soundstage. The, the sky and the clouds in the background looked like a scrim. I felt like I was on a Disneyland ride, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean or, or uh, the Peter Pan ride where you're flying off with all the stars above you and the painted cream-colored clouds and things. And then the other thing is the, the sea monster, and the na- I did not catch the name, and again, I think you're right about your comment on the music, but when the sea monster came up and had the TARDIS in its mouth, it looked like a model. They both looked like, I was thinking Drashigs. <laughs> I was flashing back to Carnival of Monsters. Um, it seemed substandard to me, even for an era that we've kind of considered to be sort of uh, middle of the road in terms of quality. Uh, and I, I, I'm like, Drew, I feel guilty about not being able to give it a more positive review. Oh, is that my cue to not give it a more positive review? Um, <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, I'm a fan of Doctor Who. This episode is trying that fandom, but as a fan of Doctor Who, I'm never going to complain about the sets or the costumes or mm. the special effects. I can't. I can't. Because fair, fair point. Fair that's, point. It's Doctor Who. It's We are living in an age of increasingly diminishing budgets, but the thing that always pulls you back away from that is the story, the excitement, the energy, the dialogue, the ideas. That's what Doctor... That's... I don't watch Doctor Who because the sea devils wear fishnet outfits, right? Like, that's... That's <laughs> that's not why I watch it. It's really hard to put into words because it's just so much of it. Uh, I think this was the worst acted film uh, episode of the Whitaker era. I think it was the worst written. I think the dialogue was abysmal. I think the editing was abysmal. I think the directing was abysmal. Um, and, like, not just bad, but, like, awful. And I think the main complaint, because this is a co-written script by Chibnall, the main complaint that a lot of folks have, um, and that I've, I've become a lot more aware of, just kind of going back on the few episodes I've rewatched with Whitaker's Doctor, is that she is essentially just an exposition dump. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in the, her first season, it, we have two characters who are far more interesting than the Doctor on the TARDIS. Yaz isn't one of them. Um, uh, and it, it felt like uh, the Ryan and Graham show. Uh, they had all the emotional development, all the secondary characters, when they were even modically well-written, they felt more interesting. But, like, this episode, the Doctor, until her back and forth with Yaz, didn't say anything that felt personal. It just felt like uh, either sci-fi babble, um, Mm -hmm. exposition dump. uh, they, They both, they didn't even show. They just told like, yes. it felt like yes. a big finish script. If you closed your eyes, you probably, you know, if you had problems with the, the, the sea monsters or the sets, you just close your eyes because they explained everything that was happening on the screen as it was happening or moments after. Like, the audience knew what was going on and they still spent precious, precious moments explaining the things that the audience already knew. I caught that too, 15 minutes in, and I wrote that exact note down, that 15 minutes in, the Doctor and Yaz have this conversation with the Tartars where all they do is say, well, we've done this, 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 and this, and here's the next thing we have to do. And I'm like, did you not trust us to watch that first 15 <laughs> minutes of the show? I mean, that's the trouble with history, never anything like the books. Same with Stephen King movies. And oh, we didn't get the treasure. No. 
But we did get something Madame Ching doesn't have, an exact location of where the shit went down and the TARDIS that can take us to the same spot in the future. Yep, 274 years, four months and two days. Into the future will take us back to where we left Dan, even if he did wander off, and up onto the ocean floor, where, with a bit of luck, we'll find the wreck of Ji-Hun's ship and the lost treasure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, in modern television... Now, I just feel like since 2016, I feel like modern television doesn't trust its audience to understand what's happening on television. Since 2020, it's gotten even worse. I feel like we all are in that brain fog. But this is the most egregious version of it. Um, I I feel insulted by this episode. Um, now, if you asked me about this a couple of days from now... I might be less passionate about it, but right now I'm just angry and I'm getting angrier as we talked oh, about true. it. And <laughs> and this is and I'm just covering I'm not even getting to specifics yet. We're gonna get to specifics, but it's just like, ah, this episode it just ticked me off. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Drew, you're making me feel much better because uh, I was really worried about my reaction to it, but if you, with your reputation of being our optimist, <laughs> I, I, I just I feel I feel so much better. Maybe there's not something deeply wrong with me. It's like you want to sum this up. Well, there's been, f- as far as I know, there's been four episodes of Doctor Who since its beginning that's involved pirates. This is definitely the least of them, uh, and I'm including Ooh. the space pirates in that. Ooh, <laughs> Ooh. yeah, oh, uh, I will watch Curse of the Black Spot a hundred times before I ever watch this show again. I'm not watching this episode again. Bar none, this may be my least favorite episode of... I don't know, it's been a while since I've seen Dallas take Manhattan. It just <laughs> wasn't a good production. There was a good idea. Oh, yeah. I really was looking forward to learning about Madame Ching and yeah. some of the history. I wanted to know. We don't need Madame Ching. We have a male pirate to boss her around. <laughs> yeah, right. Who cares if she's the pirate? What does that even mean? Let's, let's just introduce her as being fierce and then just throw her aside. She is a useless character because, yeah, I don't know. Like from the moment they walk out of the TARDIS, uh, wearing their outfits, I thought, "Oh man, is this cultural yeah. appropriation?" They they were going to the beach. They didn't say what beach they were going to. I'm just kind of, anyway. She wasn't even ruthless. She was like vulnerable. I thought, especially near the end, talking about her kids being missing and her crew, and then you know accepting. Uh, the guy at the end to be part of her crew and the hug. I and- totally didn't believe that. That character <laughs> had just lost his father minutes or maybe hours. I mean, I don't think this, all, all the plot line in this takes place very quickly, I think, in real time, if you want to call it that story time. And so the kid had just watched his dad die. Uh, and it was her fault in many ways, even if she didn't put the sword in him. And then he's happy as a clam pardon the reference to ocean going stuff but you know just to to, to like take her on as his new mother on this ship that he's going to sail off on because pirate ships are 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 great places to raise kids but um yeah uh that but i thought that was again insulting i think the word that you use drew is is you either have to treat this completely as an inconsequential fairy tale adventure story that doesn't expect you to really invest anything in the characters, or you have to say that it was just terribly poorly <laughs> planned, carried out, written. Here's the thing. I'm very curious um, to to go on social media tomorrow and find someone who watched this with their kids because 
I would be I want to know what young viewers thought of this episode mm-hmm. because they probably loved it because it had pirates, it had sea monsters, there was action and I think if I were 6 or 7 years old and I liked Doctor Who, this would probably be fine. You know, that's the thing. And and I I fully understand and appreciate that Doctor Who isn't necessarily meant mm-hmm. for me. And and that's it's, it's it's fine. It's fine. Maybe this is like the best, coolest episode ever, uh, and it's just it's me that's wrong. <laughs> well, you you and Phil and me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have some specifics. I think I, I want to pinpoint, but I just want to give someone else. I feel like I've ranted for five. Or more minutes. I'm sorry, listeners. If it just my my, you're a wash of my negativity. Um. All right. Um. A wash. A, a wash, wash. A wash. Okay. So here's the thing. Um. I I know that we have mentioned um Thasmin on the on the podcast before, and and um I seem to be the one who is kind of most in favor. I mean, I'm fine for um. Uh, a, a non-sexual doctor. I think that's perfectly fine. Um, but I am also fine with if it if it enhances the storytelling. Um, I I kind of liked and was rooting for a sort of meet cute between the doctor and Yaz. I think it seemed like the show was going for it. But there's a line you have to draw when the doctor essentially says that Yaz is the best companion she's ever had, and that was the person she would most want to meet of everyone who's ever been on the TARDIS. You said earlier about not being a bad day. Well, this is not something I really do, you know. I mean, I used to, have done, and if I was going to, believe me, it'd be with you. I'm misconstruing what she said in that moment. My, it was hard for me to concentrate with my jaw hitting the floor the way it did because I don't feel like Yaz has ever really been that interesting of a character. Mm-hmm. I've rooted for Yaz every. You go back, listen. Every single time, I'm like, do something more with Yaz. But the thing is, in this very episode, Yaz is terrible. She's constantly making the situation worse. She's acting like a beginner. She's acting like she doesn't understand how the doctor works. The doctor is constantly turning back to Yaz and going, I've got this. You gave this away too much. This is not someone who's traveled with the doctor for three or four years. This is someone who's traveled with the doctor for a week and doesn't understand how things are going and is trying to find their footing. In Flux, I felt like they were a partner. Ship. There was a partnership going on, and it just felt like it, they were taking a complete backstep. This wasn't the Yaz we knew. We barely got Yaz. We barely got Dan. We barely got the Doctor. Like, no character was actually, like, the, the only character I kind of liked in this episode were the Sea Devils. Uh, and, and, like, <laughs> their motivations were at least somewhat apparent. People were doing things in this episode that had, I didn't understand the motivation 
I didn't understand. Nothing was earned. There was nothing mm. earned in this episode. There was no consequences and nothing was earned. It was insane. I'm sorry I'm getting angry again. Please somebody else talk. <laughs> well, it's funny you should say nothing was earned because that is another word that echoed in my mind when I was watching this. I was thinking more in terms of, of the relationship between uh, Yaz and the doctor, which, again, I would be in favor of except that I just... I don't feel like it has been earned. I mean, certainly Yaz has been pining after the doctor for uh, a season or so now, but I just have never felt much going the other direction from the doctor. And I did appreciate uh, when the doctor said, uh, I can't, I can't go there. I can't, you know, I can't fix myself to anything. I can't do that. Uh, I may have done that in the past. I I like, I actually liked the beginning of that where, where she just kind of says, Hey, you know, I can't do this. And I liked I liked the scene at the end with the skipping stones and wishing I wish that this could last forever, but knowing that it won't. I mean, those were there were some nice little moments there. And I like that she did finally have a short conversation with Yaz. I just don't feel like like that relationship if there were to be one has I just have never felt it from the doctor's side of things. And I think that Yaz, who I was always looking forward to from the time she joined, you know, with her police police officer background and she's intelligent and she's strong and while she got overshadowed when there were you know when there were more people in the TARDIS we all thought this was going to be her time to shine but then instead of really becoming her own character she became all about the doctor it was like Martha another Mm -hmm. you know Martha was a doctor and and Martha had all these skills that she came with and but the storyline became all about Martha mooning over the doctor and I feel like we did the same thing with Yaz to to Yaz's diminishment. Yeah, I did like all the stuff at the end, like you said, with uh, the doctor and Yaz. Um, Drew, when you were talking about the scene where she says, if there was any companion, it would be you. I took that to mean just as she has been in this incarnation, not her entire life. That's the way I look at it. You know what? I mean, and that's perfectly fine. And I, I, I really, I need to stress this point. It's perfectly fine for the doctor to not be in a relationship. And, and, yeah, you know, like, yeah. I feel, like the Whitaker's doctor is an interesting character. Um, it's it seems to be hard for her to connect on a deeper level. Perfectly fine. I, I completely understand that as a character. Uh, and but it just it just feels like a character mooning over the doctor. We've seen it. It's a character of color mooning over the doctor. We've seen it. Uh, it just, I feel like it just, d- d- I don't know. You know, there was, there was such chemistry between the doctor and Rose, for example, mm-hmm. and whether it was the ninth doctor or the tenth doctor, that I totally believed that relationship, even though it was all shocking to us as classic Doctor Who fans, that the doctor <laughs> would be in a relationship. But I bought it wholeheartedly. Uh, I buy the relationship between the doctor and uh, River Song, which, of course, had to develop. You know, he was the one pursued in many ways in that relationship. And I just, that I never felt the chemistry here. Uh, I, I bought a, a stronger relationship between the doctor and Captain Jack. I mean, there was flirting and stuff that went on in there, certainly during the ninth doctor's era, that I would have believed that more than I would, than I'm able to believe this relationship is earned. I don't feel the doctor, Jodie Whittaker's doctor, as Chibnall writes her, has chemistry with anybody. Like I, and I think I mean for me, it's not Jodie Whittaker as an actress, uh, or, or any of the actors really on the show, um, except for this episode. This is definitely like I, I don't think anybody did a good job acting uh, in this one. That's because of the script. 
because of the script you know like maybe the maybe the director whose name i have completely forgotten and i apologize that maybe they're doing a fantastic job and it's just like you know they're doing the best and i also don't know the conditions in which this episode was filmed um i think there were certainly a lot of scenes where we have a single character on camera that's probably due to covid yeah yeah i think this one must have been filmed in the heart of covid which may explain some of the sets and yeah. things and and you know what listen the fact that we have any Doctor Who at all is great. I am bummed that this is the only episode that we're essentially getting. You know, we got two episodes this year, a New Year's Day special, this, and then it's the next one is not until... Uh, do we have a date? No, I was just going to tell you the director was Haolu Wang. Okay, great. Somebody new. Somebody okay, they, had, they had not done it before? I don't yeah. think so. I've never heard of this person. Uh, it's a female. Yeah, I, I, that... I, I just, you know, I feel I feel bad. Like, I, I'm, tr- I'm not dispersing the, the director. At- I just, this whole episode, nothing worked for me. Nothing, nothing worked for me. Brent, do you have any other good things to say? I'll, I'll, I could go- not, yeah. not Drew, Brent. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um... I have a few notes here that that caught my attention. Um, the, this doctor says Geronimo when everything's going down at the end. That was kind of cool. Twice, yeah, that's right. Like I said, I really like the Sea Devils in here. I think they were the star of the show on this episode. I did like Madame Ching, even though she didn't do a whole lot. Um, and she was good looking. <clears throat> and uh, the Sea Devils, <laughs> the Sea Devils' plan was to flood the Earth and reclaim the planet, which was something i don't think i've heard before that was uh that was new it was different okay so why is what they're doing making the stars move around the stars weren't moving the planet was starting to shift on its axis so i think we were the planet i, I it seemed like the planet was i mean it's a perception thing it's not yeah, yeah. okay all right so it's kind of twisting i got because the seafloor busted open and that the big creature come out. Why couldn't they just call it the Merca? I know. Why <laughs> I mean, come been on. The Merca? It, you know. I mean, how do we know that the Merca we saw back in the 80s wasn't a young Merca, and that's what they look like when they're full grown? Yeah. And no karate kicks. No terrible karate kicks. I was disappointed. Oh, I will have to say that having just watched Sea Devils, the original, mm-hmm. which has a, a pretty good sword fight between the Doctor and the Master, and then... Also, having just watched Androids of Tara, which has a really good sword fight with a doctor in full Tom Baker costume and large scarf, mm-hmm. um, I was actually a little mm-hmm. underwhelmed with the sword play in this one. I, I thought, oh, doggone it. I was really looking forward to Jodie Whittaker being great with the sword, but... Um, yeah. yeah, it wasn't that great. Although I did like the way it looked with the, the blue lights and the swords, and then when she takes the uh, sonic screwdriver and it goes yellow and sort of dies, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That was kind of neat, but yeah. Um, I don't think they had... It didn't look like they had much time to rehearse that fight. <laughs> and again, that's probably COVID restrictions as well. Like, if you think Could about be. it, like, that's... Yeah. There's... there's a Combat on Doctor Who is rarely good. So, I'm... I, I that Yeah, again, that's not the thing that bothered me. I was watching it going, <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Yep, Dan just killed, what, five people? Uh, or... Uh, <laughs> and just, like, really easily? I don't know. Well, and poor Dan in that dumb costume... That's just weird. I mean, it was weird I that Yaz that. would do that. It Did was you funny. Love that that yeah. was one of okay. my favorite parts. 
because I actually really dig the idea that Yaz and Dan, Yaz and Dan have a better relationship and chemistry with one another than mm-hmm. either yeah. one of them does with the Doctor. That's true. Because That's they, true. they are they are antagonistic friends. So she tells mm-hmm. him that he has to be wearing something and she dresses him that way so he'll look like a fool. That's hilarious. <laughs> like, that's really good. And it's like, it starts off with that and I'm like, I felt like his level, his level of levity sort of lifted that that moment. I like that he's apologizing about the scene. Yeah. The hook comes back and actually does something with it. <laughs> like there's some good comedy with that. I thought that was good. Now I like that better. Thank you, Drew. <laughs> I'll give you one more good thing that I liked. Okay. Uh, I just remembered it. At the very end, um, Dan is calling Di. And as he's leaving a message, she calls him. Oh, yeah. And we see her. That was really nice. Yeah. I was like, oh, oh good. <laughs> good yeah. for Dan. I imagine Dan will go the way of many Doctor Who companions and will leave the TARDIS for a love interest. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, you know, like, I really would have liked to have seen more of Di. I, I liked her as a character, so it was nice to see her pop back up. Again, it really felt like a COVID thing where it's just her oh, kind yeah. of she, just... On Zoom! Talking, <laughs> yeah. talking via Zoom. And that's fine. It's That yeah. part didn't bother me at all. I, I You know, um, I like the line, no ship, Sherlock... I thought that, that was really good. <laughs> there were some there were some funny quips, like one liners yes. and things. But like the yeah. problem was they all felt like one liners. They yep, that's true. They it didn't there was no there was nothing natural about the dialogue. So while there were some really good lines, there's no transition in Doctor Who at this point in time. Characters were doing things because the plot needed them to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, I think I actually quite liked the ship effects. Um, mm. uh, I liked the Goonies-esque cavern with the, the pirate ships in it. Um, I thought the room full of weird gadgets. I felt like even though the doctor was info dumping and doing a lot of psycho uh, sci-fi babble, I did like the idea that they were acclimating to the environment by hanging kelp on the walls. Like there's some interesting world building. I feel like there's a really good kernel of a story here that mm-hmm. just... Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was the limitations of time, the limitations of COVID. I'm trying to put a spin on it <laughs> that maybe, mm-hmm. maybe they, they didn't, couldn't help it. This is the best that they could have come up with uh, under the circumstances. If you had shown me on paper or shown me the trailer, um, I would have been like, yes, yes, yes. I'm, I was very excited going into this. And maybe that's part of it, too. Maybe it was my level of excitement after not having Doctor Who for four months um, that just kind of let me down. Who knows? I don't – I re- honestly, at this moment in time, I don't think I'm going to rewatch this anytime soon. But maybe before the next episode, I'll, I'll kind of get a review in. Okay, so you mentioned trailer, mm-hmm. uh, and I think you've been avoiding trailers. Does that mean you <laughs> did you or did you not watch the the next time trailer at the end of this? I did, and I did, and and if we're going to discuss that, and we absolutely should, um, for those of you who are listening in and you don't want anything spoiled, definitely, you know, hey, it was nice. Thank you for joining us. I'm sorry it was so negative. Uh, you know, come tune back next time. <laughs> bon voyage. You know, you wanted me to tell you something good about this episode? Yeah, the next time trailer was amazing. Sadly, yeah. it was spoiled for me, but um, it was before I got a chance to see it. Um, but yeah, how about that next time trailer? I agree. I, I I think it's something to look forward to. I never know if I'm going to like it or not when <laughs> with this this team. But um, uh, yeah, I, I, 
I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing what they do with uh, with Tegan and with Ace, and uh, and I'm I'm looking forward to the Master coming back. I I always enjoy, and I did I have enjoyed the interactions between the Master and Jodie Whittaker's Doctor. Uh, mm-hmm. So I I am looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, when I saw it first, we hear a line about regeneration, and I thought, well, of course. Then we see the Daleks, and I thought, oh, not again. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then the Cybermen, and then the Master, all of which were cool, but kind of expected. Then I see Tegan and Ace, and I literally gasped out loud. And I said a two-word phrase that we can't repeat here. And uh, if you want to know what that is, go hunt down today's tweet from John Dorney. He had the same reaction. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I can't wait to see that one. And I really hope it's on the big screen somewhere. I would pay to mm. go see that. Mm. That would be really cool. I heard it's going to be a feature length. What that means, I don't know. But Well, um, going back to the DWP predictions episode, uh, Brent, I think you're uh, – I'm I'm trying to remember who said what on that episode, but I'm pretty sure at least one person mentioned the Master returning for for that episode. So, you know, someone's getting a point. (laughs) And I will say that um, while social media did – mention the return of both of those characters um, almost immediately as soon as it went out on air in the UK and that got spoiled for me that one I had already heard that uh, because somebody at Gallifrey and I'm not going to mention who um, spoiled that one early and I thought is this a rumor is this a rumor now wait a minute wasn't wasn't that one of your predictions why somebody... yes yes it was. <laughs> so uh ching point right there um, for a future episode anyway but you no, know, I'm I'm very excited. I'm always thrilled whenever anyone from the past of Doctor Who comes in. So like, I think that's going to be really good. And and you know, we've got uh, they're not the only ones returning. Like you said, Cybermen and, and Daleks and and the Master and and um, oh, Kate Lethbridge Stewart is also in the trailer. So that's oh right, I didn't even catch that. That's oh, that's right. great. It went by so quick. It's what's interesting too is like I was so angry, and then I kind of forgot that I was angry because that trailer made me so happy. And mm. then I forgot about the trail. And actually, I, I've watched the re- the trail like two or three times uh, just to Ooh. see if I, w- I hadn't missed any. So, yeah, there's a lot to look forward to. And hold on, math. Eight and a half months? Uh, wait before our next episode? Eight months? Eight Six months. months. Six months? Uh-huh. Oh, is so it coming out in October. November? Oh, I thought it was October. I've heard both. Okay. We don't, we don't know. Who... <laughs> Who knows? I feel like I have just vomited negativity enough uh, for one (laughs) evening. Um, So maybe I'm going to go back and watch an episode of Doctor Who that I like to wash this bad taste out of my mouth. Um, I apologize for the listeners and I apologize to the both of you uh, for having, uh, putting up with it for the last (laughs) <laughs> hour and a half or however long it's been Brent you'd better lead us out on your uh, upbeat dulcet tones alright well since you can't see me dancing I'll just say that's it for us here in the US we hope you enjoyed Legend of the Sea Devils or not say goodbye everyone goodbye oh wait no true you are allowed to speak I know I know uh, <laughs> but I just felt like more negativity Good- was going to come out goodbye is pretty innocuous <laughs> So long, land parasites. <laughs> that was the Doctor Who Podcast, which you can find at the Doctor Who Podcast.com. 
If you have any feedback, please send it into feedback at thedoctorwhopodcast.com. Thank you for listening. Take care. Thank you.